Hello and welcome to Let It Be, a podcast about less doing and more being. This is episode 15. So Brooke, today we're going to talk about something you get asked about a lot and that is how does one live a simple life when life isn't simple? So I know people look at both you and I, so we're people who seem to be quite busy, we're mixing parenthood with running businesses and paying for mortgages and we both have personal uh, personal projects and goals and dreams that we're pursuing and people frequently ask us, you know, are you guys really practicing what you preach? Are you really living simple lives? Um, And I think this begs the question, what even is a simple life? You know, is it one where we all take off to the farm and raise chickens? (laughs) So it was funny because Brooke actually has chickens. I do. (laughs) But I don't have a farm. (laughs) Just a normal suburban block Um, with my hipster chickens. Um, I Look, it can be. It absolutely can be. And I think it's interesting that that's what people automatically – think about when someone says simple living or even slow living they think uh countryside they think you know this idealistic bucolic kind of uh you know environment of kneading bread and raising chickens and like (laughs) growing all our own food and stuff and it, it can be that's what some people when they decide to live a simpler life that is what they aspire to but it, it absolutely doesn't have to be. For me, it's more about living in accordance with what's important. It's sort of like, a, you know, essentialism, I guess, for life, not stuff. Yeah. That you strip away what is unimportant or what isn't, isn't positive, what isn't serving you, what isn't driving you towards the kind of life you want to be living. And then you make decisions based on that. And it's, I guess values-based living is another way to look at it. Oh, yeah, um, I like that. Yeah. So I think it's uh, it, it raises a lot of really interesting questions of ourselves once we start to think about what what do we mean when we say simple living, particularly like in a personal sense, because it brings to light certain behaviors and assumptions and patterns and changing those isn't easy. And I think that's a lot of the time where the, the complexity comes. Uh, and I think it depends where people are at in this engaging with this idea of simple living as well. Because if you're just dipping your toe into the idea of living a simpler life, it can look quite simple. But yep. then you start to, you know, make inroads into it or peel back a layer and and you realize that it's not just one layer under here. There's like 15 other layers or there's a million different directions that you could take it. And it's really about asking ourselves those questions, digging a bit deeper into those assumptions and behaviors and patterns and figuring out uh, which way is kind of in keeping with our why or our foundation, I think. So I guess for me, it's, it's, it's just about making decisions based on what is truly important and that that's the first bit and people understand that but the second bit is then letting the other stuff go that's where the simplicity yeah. comes from it's not necessarily about ease like it's not necessarily going to be easier it's going to be simpler and i think for me that's a, a big distinction too yeah and i think that that's i think people they just make that automatic 
equation that simple equals easy and it so doesn't. I mean, we both loved um, this blog post from um, Beck who writes on the blog Think Big, Live Simply where she said living the simple life isn't a simpler life and she basically says, you know, life, you know, so she now lives on a farm and makes her own food and, you know, does that kind of stuff. Um, She said, life was a lot simpler when I worked a full-time job and had a full-time income. You know, I knew what my bills were each week. I knew what I would be paid. I knew when and where to get my food. I could drive to the shop for milk in two minutes. We never had electricity blackouts. We never had pipes freezing in winter leaving us without water, you know. this. So, you know, she's basically saying her life looked a lot simpler when, you know, she wasn't living this kind of simpler, slow life that she's now living on her farm um and so she's pointing out that a simple life isn't necessarily easy and I think another thing that people and so there's a kind of almost a converse to this where we think if someone's living a busy life we think that they're not living a simple life we just assume that um, a busy life equals a complex life and I I definitely push back at that because I certainly have a busy life but I really love what you said about us. You know, I certainly equate a simple life to being one that's very values based. Mm-hmm. So you know, what the, I think the biggest, biggest shift that I've made over the last few years is really honing in on what my actual values are. And I write, I write about this. Um, I've just, I've got a new book out called Practical Perfection, and I write a lot in the priorities section of that book, I write about values. And values um, is a very under-researched area of psychology and it's something that we're not, there's no real like, you know, quick and easy way of going, here's your values, here's do this quick test and here are your five most important values in your life, pursue those. Like there's no real easy way of figuring out those values and also values shift over time as well so we do have these core values where you know like we're deeply connected to our family or you know we value simplicity or we value recognition and fame like there's core things like that but yeah it's very very hard to get a grip on what our exact values are and that's something that took me kind of a good few years to understand what drives me what I value but now that knowledge of what I value, like say, like, you know, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, like you love travel and freedom and you value those kinds of things. Like I value being at home. (laughs) I greatly, greatly value being at home. So when I get, so now, you know, in the past, like if someone offered, you know, there was an opportunity, all I saw was opportunity and went off and went after it. And nowadays I I look at opportunity and I look at the opportunity cost and I weigh, you know, and what allows me to assess that opportunity cost is I go to my values and I go, well, and this is, you know, just an example of one, but okay, one of my values is I love being home in the afternoon with my family. I love being at home at the on the weekend with my family. So if something, if an opportunity that someone's offering me is, you know, going to involve me traveling every month and or take me away from my family on whole weekends on a regular basis. Like there's just no way I can say yes to that thing because it's it's such a departure from my values. Um, so to me that's what simplified my life is 
getting back to my values and using them to allow me to make good decisions, um, yeah, that's allowed me to simplify greatly. So even though on the surface from the outside looking in, it may look like I've got a lot going on, it may look like I'm quite busy, like I do feel like my life's quite simple because I've dialed everything that I am doing is taking me to where I want to be in life. Like I've gotten quite brutal in (laughs) assessing every opportunity that comes my way and saying no more than I say yes. Yeah, I think that's, I I agree with you completely. Uh, There's kind of two things in Mm. there with, with the idea of busyness I think busyness has been um, kind of maligned over the it's last couple of years. It's been demonized. And I like being busy to a certain point. I mean, I often say that I, my personality is not naturally inclined to slow and simple living, but I absolutely benefit from it probably because of that. And I'm, I'm quite similar in that I used to be busy for a whole host of other reasons, none of which were tapped into my why or my priorities or my values they were I was busy for ego and status and you know buying crap that I didn't need and all that kind of stuff the the busyness of me five years ago that was not great busyness because it was mindless like I wasn't I wasn't at all operating in the framework of what was important to me I was just reacting whereas now I'm busy but it's something that and, and part of this is just because I'm in a different season of life like absolutely but the other part is because it's I'm operating in in that framework of what's important to me. Like I've figured out my why and even though we're busy, you know, my husband and I run our own business, um, we've launched the podcast network and we do a whole heap of freelance work as well. That keeps us busy but it, it feels simple because we're working towards the kind of life that we envisage and that's made making decisions much simpler Again, not necessarily easy. It's never. It's not comfortable when you have to say no to someone when they really mm, want you to say yes. Definitely. <laughs> but it's it's simpler to say it. You can you can say to yourself or to them, "This is why I'm I'm saying no," and and that's okay. Like they don't have to be happy with it. It doesn't matter if they're happy with it or not. But you see what I mean? It's it's so yeah. much easier to make those decisions when you've got that foundation of your values. And I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think the other the other part of being busy and still maintaining a simpler life is mindset and how you deal with that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I think I've spoken about it a little bit before, but the idea of tilting. So mm-hmm. I really embrace the idea of tilting into where I need to be in the moment and understanding that for me in that moment, simple living might look like paying complete attention to my work for the five hours while my kids are at school. And that's simple because I know what I'm doing and I know what I'm working towards. And that allows me then when my kids come home to spend time with them and focus on them. And I'm not trying to balance everything at, you know, at all, all stages. It's more about tipping myself into what needs to be, do, needs to be done in that moment and then tipping myself to whatever needs to happen next and not try to, you know, maintain this, perfect balance and I think that's that for me has been huge yeah oh definitely well I mean, okay I'll talk about my book again sorry about Please that do because um, it's damn excellent <laughs> everyone should buy it <laughs> but um basically the book so um called practical perfection get it on amazon and my website um <laughs> 
What the book shares is it, it's just because you talk about frameworks, and I really I love frameworks because they kind of take the emotion out of things, and usually the main emotion I feel when things aren't going the way I like in life um, is anger at myself and a lack of self compassion. So, and I think that your framework of tilting means that instead of beating yourself up that you're not across absolutely everything. You're like, no, I'm just whatever is pulling me at the moment, I'm going to tilt in that direction. And then when the next thing pulls me, I'm going to tilt that. Like it's instead of rushing from one thing to another. Um, and I really love that. And so what my book is about is it kind of shares the framework that I now live <clears throat> live my life by based on like all this stuff that I've learned in the last six years. And it's this framework that allows me to keep things simple. So the framework's basically a Venn diagram and it's got three circles. So one circle is passions, one circle is priorities, and one circle is productivity. <clears throat> and I know that when all those three things, I've got them humming, I'm existing in this zone in the middle that I call the practical perfection zone. And what I love about the, the Venn diagram is the fact that that middle area is a zone and so I can be pulled one way or another and still still kind of operate in that ideal zone. But the best thing about it is is that if I get pulled out of that middle zone and what I say is that if you've got passions but plus priorities but you don't have productiv- your productivity happening, you're like in this hamster on a wheel mode. If you've got passions and productivity but you don't have priorities, that's when you fall into overwhelm. <clears throat> and then if you've got priorities and productivity but you don't have your passions, that's when you tend to venture into burnout. And so what I love about the framework, and this is, yeah, again, this is how I live my life now, is that if I find myself on the edge of burnout, I'm feeling a bit burnt out, I go, I know what's missing. I know that I need to get more of my passions into my life. Same thing for overwhelm. If I'm starting to feel really overwhelmed, I know the antidote for that is to get my priorities straight. And I guess um, what I want to do is make the distinction between being busy and being overwhelmed. Like I think a lot of people just assume that busy people are perpetually overwhelmed and that's not necessarily the case. I think like you can be very busy but have everything very under control and be very happy with your busyness and not, but you know, not be sipping over into overwhelm. I think there's a huge difference between overwhelmed and busy. Absolutely. And I think that's where like the demonization of busy has gone kind of too far almost. Like it's okay to be busy. You know, Carl Honoré, who is one of the, you know, foremost advocates for slow living is a speed junkie. Like he plays, he, (laughs) he, he loves a deadline and he loves, he talks fast and he lives in the city and he, he's a, you know, an energetic kind of guy who's always got something on the go. He travels a lot. He loves playing squash and ice hockey and, you know, he goes speed skating. Uh, and he's a, a massive advocate for slow living. And I think there is room for both in, in the way that we approach it. Yeah, well, I just think it's, you know, managing, being able to manage your life in such a way that it works for you, really. And I think this comes back to the point that, like, what slow living looks like for me or what simple living looks like for me is not what it looks like for you, is not what it looks like for Carl Honore, is not what it looks like for Leo Babata with his, how many kids? Five kids? 
7,000 kids. Like, you know, <laughs> it's just and, – and his kids are all older now, so it's a complete – you know, he's in a different season in his life to say when you and I both started reading him six years ago. Um, and so this is the, the beautiful, beautiful thing about a simple life is that it can evolve to wherever you want it to go. But I think the key thing is it, it does come back to priorities and values I think life definitely doesn't feel simple when we feel like we're living it you know, at the behest of other people's priorities instead of our own. And I suspect that's where most people struggle to really get that simple living concept under control. Do you, do you yeah. find that in your workshops that people find it more the harder than anything else? They find it hard to prioritize effectively. Absolutely. And I think that, that that's why that, that's when we tap into the idea of why, like, why do you want to make these changes? Uh, and we take people through an exercise where they think about their legacy, you know, and it kind of gives this beautiful perspective of what do I want to leave behind in 60, 70 years when I'm gone? You know, it, is it is it like a house full of stuff and <laughs> debt and, you know, stress and anxiety and never having enough time to spend together or is it, you know, a, a home in the country where everything was, was homemade and handmade and we had that real kind of, slow made home done kind of vibe or is it a, a life of adventure and a lot or a life of volunteering and you know all those kinds of things and I think it's like it's not it's not perfect and it's not writing a contract for your your life yeah but it really helps just get perspective on what it is that we're trying to do here and why we feel this desire this really strong desire to change and to simplify to slow down to get really intentional and I think that's really one of the first steps that I always encourage people to take figure out why you want to make these changes and use that as your motivation going forward because then you can start to extricate yourself from other people's agendas and you can use it to to kind of reach this this uh, intersection I guess for me anyway it's an intersection between like being organized, yes, to a certain point, letting go to a, to a certain yeah, point and a then being intentional. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of this, this combination of those three things and that's where your version of simplicity lives. And the reason you can't tell people what it looks like is because that is a completely different vision for everybody. Uh, and I think there are commonalities, you know, that, we, that most people find on their – their journey, for want of a better word, towards a simpler kind of life, which is working through our stuff, you know, our clutter, but working through our mind and the way that we think and the thoughts that we have and the behavioral patterns and, uh, you know, the, the, the constant, constantly being on and connected in the mind, working through that and removing that kind of clutter, that mental clutter. And then also the way that we live our days and the way that we spend our time. I think those three things are really common but how it actually looks and how that manifests in your your life and where you live and what it looks like for you and your family and your friends, there's no like one picture of it, I don't think. Yeah, no, I agree. I just think that, you know, feeling like we have choices 
and like we're living our lives and I always come back to that word of intentional like if you're being intentional about what you're doing so rather than life just happening to you which I know is something that a lot of people feel like they just feel like they're passengers mm-hmm. in their own life and I know that feeling and it's horrible and so I think like if you're being very intentional about what you're doing being very intentional about the decisions you're making um, to me that's a simple life. Life can be busy, life can be full on, you can have a lot going on, but as long as there's that intention that kind of lies beneath everything that you're doing, I think that's a good clue to know that you're you're certainly on the right path to that simpler living. I agree. Also, go and buy Kelly's book. (laughs) (laughs) Please, please buy it. Yeah, please. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to this episode of Let It Be. If you want to connect with Kelly or myself, you can find us on social media. Kelly is at Kelly Exeter on Twitter. And on Facebook, if you search for A Life Less Frantic, you will find her there. And on uh, Twitter, I'm at Brooke McCallery. And on Facebook, I'm at Slow Your Home. And uh, if you wanted to either reach out to us on Twitter, you can use hashtag LetItBePod or uh, head over to LetItBe.fm and you can find our show notes and other information about the show. And finally, if you wanted or felt you know, the desire to leave us a rating or a review on iTunes, that would be wonderful. And, um, you know, we, we read them all and we appreciate you taking the time to listen and then uh, tell us what you think. your ears. Who is that? Hi, Puck Pass.